0: September 19, 2019,
1: I am Gino Bocola here on the Mike Abadir Show. And Mike, in I'd say four weeks or so, um, how many teams do you think have a quarterback now that is starting in the NFL that, that was not their starter just a month ago? It is unbelievable how week one of the NFL, it's all fun and games, we're all back loving it, and then after week one into week two, it is now Going to be a completely different league when we when we look at the the, uh, the signal callers this week.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'd say in the early part of this season so far, the storyline or storylines have been trades and injuries, mm-hmm. and we're talking about trades, you know, regarding including some pretty key players, and then injuries, obviously, in the quarterbacks, which you mentioned. So, you know, it's um, that's obviously the one position we don't want any injuries at all, but the one position which really changes the complexion of a season. Is your starting quarterback, and that's and a tough pill to swallow. Do you, for and do you, you know, some of these teams are contenders, not all of them, but either way, you know, it, unless you've got that really good backup, you kind of lose out on hope. Now I'm gonna make a I'm gonna name
1: name some of the teams that are in having some quarterback issues, and then I want your response to the question of, do you, you think that the fact that a lot of these teams and a lot of these quarterbacks in particular didn't play a whole lot in preseason? Does that have something to do with these injuries? Now listen to the teams who have had some quarterback issues. Even right now, today, we heard that the Miami Dolphins will be starting Rosen. The Jets are down to their third-string quarterback after Darnold had mono, and then Simeon's out for the year. You look at the Steelers. They just lost Big Ben for the year. You look at the Colts. Before the season, we had Andrew Luck retire. The Jags lost Nick Foles. He's on the IR. You go to the AFC West, they're actually... The only, I think one of the only divisions that has a clean quarterback slate. I mean, the NFC Wentz was out of the game last night for a little while, and then they made the switch already to put Jones in, and Eli's going to be getting benched. Uh, You look at the NFC North, I don't think we're far away from seeing uh, maybe Trubisky or or even Cousins. They both looked pretty atrocious, but they're still in it. You look at the NFC uh, South, we're missing Breeze, we're missing Cam, and, and both of those... Situations. I mean, Mike, this is crazy. Just a few weeks into the season, how many top-level quarterbacks, or just in general, how many teams are missing a QB three weeks in?
2: Yeah, you know, every probably four or five years we see something similar to Mm -hmm. this. I just don't recall it being by week two. No, where we we've got so many starting quarterbacks that uh, you know, that are out for the year, not just out for two weeks or three weeks or in concussion protocol, which has kind of been one of the more common type of a uh, sidelining issues over the last couple of years. But these are either major injuries or they're significant enough to keep you out of action for the entire season. Or just kind of have to wonder in general for, yeah, I mean, you kind of have situations. to wonder also like, you know, at some of these guys age, obviously breezes injury, you know, we don't know how quickly he's going to heal from that, but he big should be ben. back this season. But what about big Ben at his age? And, you know, know, he's teased retirement a
1: couple years ago already. Yes. He's already talked about that. But recently he did say that he he plans on uh, fulfilling his contract that uh, the extension that he got and he said, I'll be back. I plan on being back at the beginning of next year and and ready to go, you know, and and maybe it it inspires him if, you know, Rudolph plays well for Pittsburgh and maybe it puts a little fire under him to try to want to come back. But we'll see. I I, you're, you're right. With, in some of these situations, that's the that's the one, and I, I think we have our, our guest on the line, so if you want, you can introduce him in, in just a sec. Uh, well, yeah, uh, I was ready. actually going
2: to segue that yeah. by saying, you know, probably one of the teams that maybe stands to benefit the most early on in this season from all these injuries, or maybe the Atlanta Falcons, right? Because they're in a division where, you know, they have got two MVP-type quarterbacks in the same division with Cam Newton, And we don't know anything about Cam right now. Yeah, You know, and if Cam Newton's going to be out for any period of time. I mean, here's the thing, and I've said this before so many times, you know, once you start breaking down, you keep breaking down. It's very rare that you see somebody who, you know, misses games for consecutive seasons, two, three, four seasons, and all of a sudden has like a five-year run of health. We just Mm -hmm. don't see that. And so, uh, yeah, let's bring in our first guest, which is Jason Butt for the Athletic Atlanta Covers the Atlanta Falcons, Jason. Good evening for you back east. How are you? You're on with Mike and Gino.
3: Yeah, I'm doing well. How are y'all doing?
2: Doing pretty yeah. well. And I don't know if you were able to kind of catch uh, the last uh, few moments uh, between Gino and I, but all these injuries around the league, in particular in the NFC South, you know, is there any kind of sentiment around the team where they're like, you know what, this is our opportunity right now, to win some games, get a division lead. And is there a little bit more urgency than maybe you would normally find going into Week Three?
3: I don't know if there's uh, any more urgency, but it's something that these guys are definitely aware of. It's something that they they know. Okay, there's an opportunity here uh, to, to seize and perhaps take an early take some early control in the NFC South because when you look at the when you look at the Saints and and, and you see that Drew Brees won't be there. That there's probably going to be some sort of split. However, they decide to divide it up at quarterback, uh, you know that, that's definitely uh, something that if you're the Falcons, you have to you have to be kind of happy about. You hate that Drew Brees is, is down with a, a, a significant injury, just from a, a pure uh, competitor's standpoint. But at the same time, uh, it, it makes them a weaker opponent, you know, in these next few weeks, uh, you know, six to eight weeks, however long it is that he's out. Then you look at Cam and the injuries he's deal- dealing with, and and uh, and the fact that they're already off to an O start. Um, two start, there's a great opportunity for the Falcons. These players uh, and coaching staff realize it, and it's something that uh, you know it's not necessarily on the forefront of their mind, but it's something that they they definitely know could benefit them. Uh, you know if they play the cards right in these next few weeks.
1: Let's talk about the last game in particular uh, against the Eagles, and I, I guess really overall we can say in the first few weeks, with as a as. A fan of the Falcons in general, it's probably a little bit frustrating when you see someone like Matt Ryan who is really, really good and his ceiling is so high, but we've seen in the last couple weeks his floor can be really low sometimes. Someone who can make such a great throw and then on the next play just kind of leave you uh, with a little bit of a head scratcher. What overall is kind of the vibe in the field with Matt Ryan? He threw a couple bad picks, but then he comes right back. He makes mm-hmm. a big throw. He misses a couple big T- it passes that would have been a touchdown, but then he makes a great throw to the touch for a touchdown. What's the overall feel of the the quarterbacking going on uh, there in Atlanta?
3: It's one of those things. I think people are treating it kind of just like an early season slump. I mean, this is a guy mm-hmm. last year only had seven interceptions. Exactly. And, yeah. Uh, you really you really didn't see that from him. So it's been a while since it's kind of run into this this kind of thing. And I think right now. It, it, the throws he's made that, that haven't gone his way have been his fault. It's really not mm-hmm. uh, anything you, you can give extra credit to the defense for doing. And, and those, those are the picks that you really hate is when the quarterback makes a boneheaded decision, and, and Ryan has owned up to it. But for the most part, all of those picks could have been avoided. They've just been uh, bad decisions, uh, You know, no worse than probably the one where he had Luke Stocker underneath and decided to take the chance and throw it to Austin Hooper with you know two to three guys around him. Uh, You know, trying to get it over and not able to get enough strength on the ball and and it gets picked off in the end zone, Uh, you know, ruins what was a a good drive and what could have essentially put the game away at that point. So, uh, you know, not not ideal circumstances uh, for for Matt Ryan and uh, the Atlanta passing game right now, uh, you know, with those kind of mistakes. But the, the positive you can take away from it is that those are the types of mistakes that are correctable. And it, and it kind of goes against yeah. what Matt Ryan has put forth, uh, you know, in recent seasons. So, uh, you know, it, it's, it's nothing to be alarmed about yet. I think after four or five weeks, if this becomes a, an even greater trend, that's around when you have to start really wondering, you know, what's going on here because, you know, this is a guy who, who does a pretty good job. This is, a, this is a guy, sorry about that. This is a guy who does a pretty good job of, uh, you know, making the right decisions and making sure everybody's in the right place.
2: You know, a lot of times we, we've seen that for a team to kind of assert themselves and be considered a true contender, you know, they, they kind of have an identity, uh, whether it be, you know, just a ferocious defense, kind of like Seattle did earlier this decade. Or, you know, maybe it's a power running game. What do you think is Atlanta's identity? Because last year they had the fourth best passing attack. And I think they were bottom five in rushing, which definitely isn't um, kind of Dan Quinn's philosophy, really. I think he likes more of a balanced attack, and and Coach Cutter as well. But you know, what is the identity of this team, especially on the offensive side?
3: Yeah, it, it, that remains to be seen. Because, like you said, they want to run the ball. That's uh, been a big emphasis this off season. And then you start the first two games of the year, and they can't get a run game going. Devontae Freeman uh, has. Struggled, you know, 22 yards on 11 carries. That's not going to get the job done, and uh, you know. And the thing is, when you rewatch the games, it's not really like the offensive line's doing a bad job. Uh, You know, they're going against some good fronts so far. And Minnesota and Philadelphia obviously have great defensive lines, so that that should be taken into consideration. But uh, you know, ultimately, they want this team to be a be a physical, uh, in-your-face team. Establish the run and then uh, and then use the, the the passing game, especially play action off of that. But as of right now, it's definitely a pass first team because if you, if you can't get the run game going, you're going to have to you know turn to Matt Ryan, which isn't necessarily a bad thing because you've got Julio Jones, Mohamed Sanu, and Calvin Ridley out there, and Austin Hooper as well. So you've got a ton of passing game targets to to, to work with, and um, so and, you know until they can get the running game going, they at least have that to rely on. But at the end of the day, they definitely want to be a team that establishes the run and can wear teams down in the fourth quarter in that department.
1: You talked about the offensive line a little bit. That's been a big uh, negative, especially the the last year in particular for a team who has such strong pieces on the offensive end. What's the current status of the line? I know there were some injuries to uh, one of the young players. Atlanta tried to go out and, and, um sure that up with a couple draft picks last year and so how's that line looking kind of what is the status of the line uh, heading into this week
3: right uh you know Caleb mcgarry one of the rookie uh uh draft picks in the first round that they took uh he he's probably going to play and you know, he injured his knee this past week uh it looked worse than it turned out to be uh all the all the tests came back negative so he, he was able to return in the fourth quarter even though it looked like he was yeah, it looked in the moment that it might, it might be one of those season-ending type things, but sure enough, it was just a just some sort of sprain. Um Got got a limited practice in today, so I expect him to play barring a, a setback Friday. Um, and then uh, you know, Chris Lindstrom, he was the other rookie, uh, 14th overall pick. You know, he's out for a long time, so uh, with the foot injury, uh, so they have Jamon Brown in there. You know, the, one of the things that they really wanted to make sure was that last year didn't repeat itself. So. It was kind of funny because in Atlanta, everybody, a lot of people complain about the offensive line. So they go out and they sign two free agents and draft two picks and, and uh, draft two guys in the first round. And then people started complaining, well, why did you sign the two free agents? Well, then Chris Lindstrom goes down with a foot injury, and so now Jamon Brown has to step in, and you have James Carpenter already on the you know, left guard. And so it's like, oh, okay, I get it now. It, it, this is a game where injuries are, are inevitable, and especially on the offensive line where there's contact every single play up there. So, uh, you know, last year they had two injuries at guard, and the backups just could not get the job done there, so they wanted to upgrade that, those positions. Um, but they're in a much better position now. Uh, Jamon Brown, uh, he stepped in last year for the Giants and actually kind of solidified the line uh, a, a good bit there. You know, they struggled really bad early in the year, and he's, he's not a guy who's doing well you. But he's at least a stable force in there. And that's kind of the same way with Carpenter on the left side, too. So they have much better interior play. It's not, it's not going to be dominating, but you're not going to get beat. You're not going to get embarrassed. You're not going to, uh, have to worry too much. And it's it very stable is probably the right word to, to describe that interior line right now, which, you know, considering what happened last year, that's a massive upgrade from what Atlanta and Matt Ryan dealt with.
2: And on the defensive side of the ball, I want to ask you a question, uh, you personally. Are you a fan of when a uh, head coach has, you know, some kind of additional shared duty, whether it be as a defensive coordinator or calling plays? What's your your personal feel about about that?
3: Yeah, I don't really have a a strong opinion on that one way or the other. I I think it, it basically comes down to that for that particular coach and for that team. I think everybody's different. I think, yeah, obviously, in Kansas City, Andy Reid is going to run the offense there, and it works really well for him. Uh, uh, to a degree, I think Mike Zimmer in Minnesota, um, yeah, obviously they haven't had the sustained results year after year, but um, he does a really good job with that defense. But, you know, you could argue that, well, maybe if he took a, a, a bigger overall approach, maybe the – and actually had more input on offense, and had a had a philosophy on that side of the ball that that everybody could, could surround themselves with. Maybe they would be a better overall team from start to finish year after year because there's a lot of uh, you know good pieces there to, to where that they they shouldn't be as inconsistent as they are. Um, so so it it just seems to depend to me. Um, I think ideally Dan Quinn would rather just be a head coach and and delegate, but. Uh, you know, given the circumstances of what happened last year, where they had all the injuries and they just could not make the right adjustments. And, and when with Mark Juan Manuel, for, for whatever reason, it just seemed, you know, he did a good job when he had the talent in place in 2017, when all that talent got hurt in 2018, he couldn't make the right adjustments. and couldn't scheme around the scheme around the guys that uh, he had at his disposal. And that ultimately cost him his job. And, um, you know, Considering that it was a seven and nine season, and there's a lot of unhappy people around Atlanta, uh, you know, Dan Quinn really felt like it was uh, uh, time for him to, to step it up and, and uh, you know, get the job done himself. Uh, who better to trust with the particular scheme you want to run than yourself? So uh, it, it, it definitely worked against Philadelphia. It didn't really work against Minnesota, but uh, I, I will say that a lot of people, the, the buzz around the building. Going into the season was what showed up on tape against Philadelphia. They, they, there's been a, a big uh, expectation of a much more physical, uh, flying around type of defense that's quote unquote unleashed, is, is the word that I, that's been described to me. And uh, you know, they looked apart the for sure uh, from, for most of the time against Philadelphia. And um, you know, we'll see if it continues to pay off. The last time Dan Quinn, as a head coach, took over play calling duties was midway through the 2016 season. and That's when the defense began to turn things around and and ended up in the Super Bowl. So we'll see if he can uh, have that same kind of trajectory or at least, you know, a similar trajectory, I should say, uh, you know, as the season continues.
2: Good stuff there. And as we let you go before our uh, first commercial break here, uh, any quick thoughts on this upcoming game against Indianapolis?
3: Yeah, you know, the one thing that's... uh, of note or interesting to me is whether atlanta can establish a running game um you know they have the last two two weeks but you know uh indianapolis is a team that has given up uh you know something like 100 i think it's 124 rushing yards a game and they are susceptible to the rushing attack you know perhaps the week devontae freeman's able to finally uh see some daylight and uh you know turn out some yards and, and perhaps get in the end zone um you know, like I said earlier, that's a, that is a focal point. They're going to continue to try and hammer the run home. And, uh, but I, I do think that uh, you know, while Indianapolis has some young talent on, on the defensive side, I do think this is a good opportunity for uh, the run game to finally uh, you know, see some success uh, you know, for, for the first time this year.
2: Jason, how can our listeners and NFL fans and Atlanta Falcons fans uh, follow you on social media?
3: They can um, you know, on Twitter. At Jason H. Butt. And then uh, you can uh, also just go to, the, to uh, theathletic.com slash Atlanta. And uh, all of my stories are up there. Uh, you know, feel free to you know, subscribe if you haven't already. And uh, obviously hit me up on Twitter if you ever have any Falcons questions or, uh,
2: or just want just to wanna say hey. Jason, thank you so much, man. Good luck with everything. Thanks, Jason. We'll check back in with you uh, maybe at the midway point of the season and see if Atlanta has uh, built that ground game up.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Y'all take care. Uh, y'all have a great weekend.
2: Thanks again, Jason. That's Jason Bett from The Athletic ATL. Gino, let's take our first commercial break. We'll continue talking NFL after a quick message.
4: Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain inspiring really fast all the time the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts voiceamerica.com
1: Football, football, football. Today we are in full swing. And that was a nice job from Jason. Uh, I don't know about you, Mike, but I can tell you I pay for the subscription to The Athletic. We have probably more guests from The Athletic on than anyone else uh, ever since kind of started reaching out to them. And I I think it's worth every penny. If you pay attention, they always will have certain sales going on where you can get really good deals for getting like the full year subscription Uh, to me. It's always a site. Whenever I'm prepping for any of my shows, I, I'm always click going to the Athletic every day. I like can categorize it for my specific team. So anything that's related to like, for me, I look at everything. But if especially if it's like a Dodgers or a Rams or a Lakers thing, it comes right immediately to me. I get the alerts. I absolutely love it. We're not, we're not like sponsored by them or anything. I have no reason to sell it. It's it's just it's something that I I really would promote and push to to anyone out there.
2: Yeah, I mean, look. They went out of their way to aggressively bring in a lot of named writers and reporters, mm-hmm. uh, you know, name name brands, you know, that we've seen over the years, whether it be on ESPN or Fox, you know, Fox or Sports, or camps, et cetera. Just yeah, writers, and, yeah. and then they've also got, uh, you know, they they made it a point to, you know, go out there and and uh, get into every community. You know, there's not a single area but
1: where they don't have a specific
2: like the, one. Yeah, there's not a single area that's neglected anywhere in in the country that has any major sports, you know, and like you said, the the content and the quality is really second to none. It's not Uh, really just the hot takey stuff kind of that you see other places
1: or it's not it's it's not real basic. It's very in-depth if you're a numbers person or if you're a narrative driven person. It's some of them are very stats heavy, but then others are like stories about players and, and where they've come from and their life and so oh yeah, you're really, really good all across the board. I always love when you when you uh, let me know that we have another guest coming on from the Athletic because
2: yeah, and uh, you know we're really appreciative that they've uh, been so accessible to us, uh, you know, and and you know their their branding and uh, in conjunction with their branding, they uh, I mean a lo- lot of our guests will uh, will will appear on Colin Cowherd show or on MLB Network yeah or, all over there you know uh, Colin's actually been uh, bringing on uh, Vic Tafur. The uh, Raiders beat rider. Especially for with the all the athletic. stuff going on the last couple of weeks with yeah, like the ground yeah. stuff
1: and all that. Yeah, I saw that.
2: Exactly. He had them on. So, over, so. Um, so uh, you know, these are, are pretty prominent uh, players in the game. And um, like Gino said, the content's good and uh, don't want to totally uh, oversell or, or, or dwell on it. But keep an eye out for those 40% discounts because they'll have them there on, okay. on the site. And I think, I believe uh, they usually have some kind of like money back trial period, that type of thing. So, uh, Gino, let's, um, let's keep talking about the NFL because. So what, what, like what through two weeks for you that we've seen, we we were talking about
1: some of the injuries and all the quarterbacks and other teams. What's something that you feel like, I guess the most surprised by that you've seen through a couple weeks, maybe a team or, or, or something that you, you didn't expect that anything jump out to you.
2: Yeah, there's, there's been a few things. Um, I think. I th- For me, the 49 Arizona, to be honest with you, I think 100%. Kyler Murray has probably been. I'm with been, you on this one. Yeah, I think he's. You know, if you would have asked me before the season started, yeah. and when we did our NFL preview, you know, I didn't have anything complimentary necessarily, I didn't me have either. anything bad to say. But had you asked me, I would have said, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to make of this guy. Kind of have a feeling that he'll end up playing baseball down the road. And you know what? He, he very well might. We just don't know how it's going to play out, but I'll tell it's you. Early. Yeah. so far, you know, I would say that the results have been, you know, pretty good. I mean, you had a, a big time comeback at home. Gets a veteran quarterback like Matthew Stafford, and then on the road they put up a fight. You know, the, don't underestimate the difficulty in the East Coast time zone, traveling across the country. That's a good as a team, rookie. I think. That they were right there competing with. They, yeah. they, dude, they kicked. And the problem is with what I think. Why
1: I'm even giving them more credit is. Kingsbury just looks like a very good coordinator and a horrendous head coach. He kicked three field goals on fourth down from the five yard line down. Yeah, I don't know. Do you think that's
2: a building confidence kind of thing? Like, hey, we're going to get points every time we get into this area? That's crazy because you know what?
1: You know know what's really weird? You know who does that too? Is McVay. McVeigh is like very aggressive with the way he calls plays, and then he gets into the red, like in, within the 10. He did it again this weekend. It'll be like fourth down and three, fourth down and four on the four. Go for it. Yeah, see, you got I think it. that's the thing I love the most
2: about Sean Payton. He you goes know? every time. To, uh, uh, Payton to, will go for it on, on the, you know, <laughs> inside his own 50. On on fourth and two, fourth I loved two. everything we saw this
1: last weekend. Where we saw teams like Marone trying to go for it and win a game. We saw Vic Fangio go for it and take the lead. It every I'm telling you, Mike, when you go back and watch every single game, you know you watch them all. And and I I notice it more because I'm really geeking out this year at, on and watching like scripting the plays for like all the fantasy teams I'm in and for the, the gambling I'm doing. It, it seemed so much this week that like every time a coach Goes for it on fourth down, they get it, or something beneficial happens for their team immediately.
2: You it's know, just you like know some analytics. You know some analytics models. This is no joke. Will say if you went for it on every, every, every fourth down in less than I think ten yards. Yep, or eight yards or something like that. Right, that you would actually you know score. I don't know the number, so I'm not going to put it out there. But I'm going to give you a, a hypothetical example. Like such and such team would have scored on average 2.5 more points per game than did and given up less points because they kept the ball longer yep
1: and it's 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 strange because you know I, in that rams game was the one where there's 6 seconds left to go in the half it's the they're the rams are on the 4 yard line they're getting the ball to start the second half and they still kick it. You're literally in a free play situation. It's fourth down. You have six seconds left. You're just going to run one play. You're either going to score a touchdown or the ball's it's going to go to the half and then you're going to get the ball right back. I mean, I can't believe. So and they kicked a field goal and it was six three. And that's the reason I'm going to one of my plays this week. I lo- obviously I'm a big Rams fan. I'm going to play against them. And we kind of talked about it at the beginning of the year. I still think they're going to win their division. Now that they got it to a two and zero start, that's nice but i don't think they're going to be as much of like a 12 to 13 type win team i think they're going to be more of like a 10 win team that have to battle for the division and this this next coming game for them uh going to play the browns is going to be a little tough because they they can't they've been a little sloppy and you can't you can't do things like that where um if they were playing in a in a situation where that terrible uh, Play didn't get re- reversed. Another horrible call against the Saints, which is just the only thing you can do is really laugh about that now. About the uh, the refereeing yeah. against the Saints in the last few games. Yeah, but yeah. I, um, I, I think the Rams have been, you know, I'd rather be two and zero and not not look dominating, but I think they've uh, they've still left a little something to be desired.
2: Yeah, and I want to go back really quickly to the point that you were just making about aggressive coaching and you know, going for it on these fourth downs and, you know, not settling for field goals and things of that nature. I'm going to give you two really quick examples of how it can set the tone for the entire season. I'm going to take you back, I believe this was three seasons ago now. Raiders Raiders on opening day. Yep, on the road. And you know exactly what happened, mm-hmm. and that was that was Del Rio and the Raiders and Carr's best season, and it just seemed did they that win 12, did they win twelve games that year. I don't remember how many games they won, but they did really well. And right, that was when Carr got hurt. so yeah, they got knocked out. Connor right? Cook or someone, I think. But, but you set the tempo, and then and then last year, a team that you were uh, you know you were backing for uh, most or all the season, the Colts, you know. They they had a, a two point conversion to win the game that didn't go their way, but it, and ended up in, in a tie. Right was not yep. not that what happened? Yeah. And, and 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 that tie would have you know that would have been the difference between Houston winning the division, not winning the division. And but ultimately, that set the tempo. I think once you kind of as a team feel that our coach trusts us, you take off. But obviously, you got to give your coach reason to trust, right? So I think it kind of cuts both ways. So I'm with you, man. And hey, and you you mentioned it.
1: I I love Frank Reich. It was uh, third and eight this weekend. They needed to run, try to run the clock out. They were up 19-17, and they got Brissett scrambled. He picked up seven yards. It was fourth and down on their own 35. They go for it. You know, most teams would never do that. No even on their own 35 even if it's just 1 yard they would not but he did what they do they got the first down and that was one of the reasons why that they were able to win the game because they get the first down there and then they're able to run they get a quarterback sneak and then they're able to run three more plays off the clock so when they kick it back to the titans there's only a minute 7 left and they have no timeouts you just set yourself up so much better even if you don't like just like you said, even if it's not a fourth and goal or you know a t- a touchdown situation if it's just being aggressive in a situation where it's like hey it's like you said it's less than fourth and ten and I'm I'm on the the eight yard line if I don't get it I'm going to pin them back right here and I'm going to have a great field position
2: let's do it you know home yeah. now
1: I mean, I'll
2: tell you, I, you what's funny here's what's funny to me is that when you look at the Jacksonville game and uh, you quickly referenced it with Marone earlier when you look at the Jacksonville game you, you know and 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 you have a team that maybe right now isn't totally in sync offensively and not a high powered offense, and you go for it, uh, a two-point conversion to win the game rather than take the extra point. I think there's a couple things that are at play. Sometimes sure. because your offense is so good, you're like, you know what? We're gonna you know, it's kinda like when when Breeze and the Saints were humming last year didn't matter what the distance was. You're going to go for it. You're going to mm-hmm. get a majority of them. I think uh, at one point during the year, they were 12 to 15 on fourth downs. Yeah. And so uh, sometimes your offense is so good. Sometimes, though, your offense is so bad that it's like, hey, we're two yards away from winning this game. It'll all live and die on this next, uh, you know, on the back of the next play. Let's go for it try to win this game and call it a day. Sometimes I kind of just wonder, well, if your defense is playing well, you know, why not necessarily, why let it all hinge on, on one play? You know, um, that, and, and I haven't I, really decided me uh, neither. with and respect I, to the two-point conversion in particular. I love the fourth downs that you're talking about. The yeah, two-pointers the, for the win uh, at home, obviously, is when you do that. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it, and it was, I actually didn't mind
1: the, the decision. I just didn't like the play call. Uh, just a straight run. I think it, when you're in that situation, you have to have a good. You have to have a good something up your sleeve, right? It, it's like okay, we've worked on this. We've worked on this play now for a while. We've got this like killer two point conversion play where I'm gonna roll them out and it's gonna it's gonna option. You know, you have Dak or, or uh, Watson or someone who's able to roll and they can make the run themselves if need be. And that's what I kind of would have liked to see because Minchu, um Struggled a little bit early in the game. But late in the game, he actually started to get into a very nice rhythm. And what he started to do was he started to use Fournette a little bit out of the backfield. And he, he started to run himself, Minchu. He actually led the team in rushing yards. He had 56 yards rushing. And so I would have liked to see them kind of give him a shot to maybe roll out and try to make a play. Versus yeah. just a straight hand up off the middle. And, and, and what's funny is we're saying this. And it was literally, if they would have reviewed the play and overturned it, I wouldn't have been surprised. It was that close.
2: Yes. On
1: on, on that second effort. So, like, I'm watching it going, oh, man, like, they might. I think it was one of those things where if they would have called it on the field, they wouldn't have overturned it either because it was
2: that close. It was just they went with the original call. And I agree with you. And, look, every team should have a bread and butter goal line running play and a bread and butter goal line passing play you know it's kind of like if you can't (laughs) come up with a play that you're that confident in and you know maybe hey look maybe maybe the way they view it is hey you know um, our identity our best player on offense you know whatever the case may be you know it dictates running the ball Mm -hmm. you know barreling your way in I don't know but I agree with you I'm not I'm not enamored with the play call. I don't think you always have to have deception. No. Sometimes you don't have the time for play action, but you know, Even just a quick, just a quick slant, something. You know, so, um, I just, I, I just
1: didn't like. It seemed very, very vanilla and basic, and that's not really the way that they. It's kind of like do what what worked for you to get you there, right? And and running, they were not running the ball well the whole game at all. Like Fournette was stopped on straight runs throughout the game. He was he was succeeding. In, in what we were saying, just kind of a little like passing out to the side because he can still make you miss and he's still tough to to tackle once he gets ahead of steam going. His problem is he can't get ahead of steam going right now, but we actually were, uh, we were able to, to, uh, to sneak that one in and still cover that game. And we won't talk a, a ton because as we're discussing and as we're recording our show right now, the Jacksonville – Tennessee Thursday night game will be starting in, in less than an hour so as far as like picks and stuff I I'm not going to give one out but I do actually uh, I would lean Jacksonville in that game cuz I've just never been really too enamored with with Tennessee. Um that that's a wide open division and now we're seeing some divisions are wide open um so far Mike and I I, I got to give a shout to a team who's been very impressive but I think because they've been so impressive they're going to be one of the teams that I play against this week and that's the 49ers. I mean I looked back at that game and against Tampa, I can make some cases for some things going the 49ers way and they weren't quite as dominant as the score looked. That was not the case last week going on the road at Cincinnati. And uh, I think I gave a stat out when we were talking about the games. There were uh, home, a couple home teams that had to go week one and week two on the road and heading into last week, they were like one in 14 uh, one in 14 and straight up and two and 13 against the spread. Uh, something really, really bad like that. And then last week, all the teams that were on the road, both games, succeeded. They did well, really I think well. That's
2: the, I think to me, that's, that has been what's been most impressive about San Francisco is that they're 2-0 and oh on the road. 2-0 mm-hmm. and oh on the road, you know, I know this sounds really overly simplistic, but that means you only have six more road games left the entire season out of 14 weeks. Yep. That puts you in pretty good position. And they need it. Right. Because that that's it's a tougher division than maybe uh, people would have thought going into the season. Because oh, it's only division to be a got complete three, format. Yeah. yeah. You know, only only division has three two win teams so far. And, uh, you oh. know, I thought that Seattle and, and, and Los Angeles were, you know, the the two best teams in the division. Mm-hmm. I gave the nod this year to Seattle. Uh, but that wasn't by much, and, and I wouldn't at all be sh- surprised if, if if the Rams were to repeat as the division winners once again, but I don't think we could dismiss this 2-0 start by San Francisco. I don't get too caught up in, in any one or two games during the course no. of the year or starts or any of that kind of stuff, but when you go on the road and you win two games, even if they're subpar opponents, there's something to be said for winning in that East Coast time zone, because historically, West Coast teams have not fared well. Uh, because, let's face it, athletes are creatures of habit. They wake up at the same time. They eat at the same time. Anytime you have any alteration of that, you don't know what is going to happen. And so, you know, props to them. Um, I think and Shanahan kind of had to, right? I mean, you're he, only going to have excuses of injuries for so long yeah he's and I think it gets worn out. I think we're seeing that he's a really good
1: coach. That he's just not re- – and he's done some – pretty good work as far as like making San Francisco kind of watchable and relevant, even not relevant, but more like able to still move the ball and score points over the last few years when they've been, you know, on paper really, really bad. And the one thing that worried me coming into the year and what worried me after week one was that Jimmy G didn't look very good and I thought that his injury in recovery from an injury sometimes it's like a two-year injury we saw with Wentz he wasn't quite himself last year coming back from you know a ma- major injury like that uh and so
2: I love to see how good Jimmy G looked and not just coming off of an two. injury you know but also coming off of an injury having really six NFL games under your belt ever, or, you know, or, you mean, know, we don't we don't even going. know and that's the thing
1: we don't even know how good he is so he's still like figuring things out he's or, still or, he's learning what isn't
2: or is right? it cuz I'm right? not necessarily no.
1: convinced on him yet sure sure but I for me it was uh, and I and I, I agree with you I'm not I'm not convinced he's a, a pro bowl quarterback either but I was at I was at least convinced that he um Could have been the guy that we saw a couple years ago that could like help them move the ball and be a five, be a five hundred team. And I like that I saw that. And now, you know, we've seen it with Cleveland the last couple years. It's like, and this happened with with the Colts too. When you have a couple years in a row where you're not great or maybe one really bad year, well, what ends up happening? You get a couple really good picks, and some of those picks turn out to be really good players. And that's what we're seeing. We've seen it with Cleveland on, you know, on the defensive end of the ball with them. And, and we saw it with uh, San Francisco. Now, I think also on the defensive end of the ball with Bosa, who I think was, was one of the highest graded uh, pass rushers in week one. And he did really well against the run also. And he's just a force back there. And now they have some playmakers on the defensive end of the ball. And so that just makes things a little bit easier for you when you're able to have, okay, a defense. That's not a complete liability now. So now Shanahan a little bit of pressure off him where he doesn't have to try to make crazy things happen. He can just be a little bit he can he can be a little less aggressive and even a little more basic with his offense and kind of and help Jimmy G get back into to his swing of things. My one concern with them is is that the skill player position it just seems like they get decimated by injury they have a lot of young players i need to see their wide receivers prove it a little bit more against some better competition
2: agreed i'm just happy that we get to finally see uh you know meaningful seattle seahawks san francisco 49ers matchups niners rams matchups right i mean just in that division in particular let's take our uh Final commercial break, Gino, and then we'll come back and give some selections and keep talking NFL. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
1: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com
0: forward slash Voice America. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at themikeabadirshow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Week three NFL.
1: Up to a great start last year. I think last year you had an awesome start. I had a slower start. I picked things up in the middle and you were just strong all throughout the year, all throughout the year. This year, a little bit of a slower start for both of us with our selections as we head into week three. So you want to go ahead. How many plays do you have this week and, uh, and lead the lead off here? You can, uh, you can try to hit a home run on your, uh, on the lead off like jock.
2: Yeah. For me, I'm just, uh, I'm going to wait for the one pitch and uh, try to go yard with it. Um, Yeah. uh, So far, uh, You know, we're kind of feeling things out for the uh, early part of the season here, and uh, we'll continue fine-tuning those selections and hopefully get on a on a nice little winning streak here. I do want to clarify one quick thing. I'd made a mention last week. We're kind of up against the clock, so I didn't have time to necessarily dole out all of the point spreads on the games that I took, and I made a quick reference to you know uh, I didn't necessarily uh, the care. Uh, as to exactly where the the line fell, and what I mean, what I meant by that, because I hope that it was not misconstrued in any way, is not that a point spread doesn't matter because it can matter, but there are times where, like, if you like a team, let's just say to to win by mm-hmm. a lot, double digits, you know, you have a team that's maybe one point favorite. To me, if it's one and a half, if it's two, it, it, it's 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 somewhat sure. irrelevant because yep. I'm looking necessarily for the or yep. particularly when I like like a. a a team that's maybe getting a point and a half, two points, but I think is going to win the game, you know, then, you know, hey, wh- if it moves a half point or whatever, sure. I still like the game. It's not going to change my mind. Um, there are other games where the, it's the key for, numbers, like, like the when you talk, remember, like those Steelers Ravens matchups where it was a three point game, 16 yep. to 19, like every yep. other game seemed to be either a three point game or 21, 17 and a four point yep. game. You, those are the sweet. you know what? The, every three. point matters in, yeah. in th- those situations, um, especially for over-unders as well. I mean, y- y- you really, really got to shop around. Um, if you have the luxury to be able to shop around, if you've got multiple books or if you live in Las Vegas where you could kind of actually physically go from pl- place to place, of course, it's uh, you know, it's probably worth your investment to be able to look online and, and get a feel for which one of the books on the strip or off the strip or wherever in Nevada you're you know, making your wagers at to uh, yeah, check it. You know, some good the last thing now. I was going to say about it is typically speaking, if something was going to be that close of a call where a half point where when I handicapped it, if a half point truly was going to make the difference for me, that would just be a play against or just a shy away from, you know, well, yeah, uh, don't, what- don't touch. I think the know. Num- the key numbers when it's around the
1: three and the seven, that's when it matters. Like if it's something yes. that's from two and a half to three, or from three to three and a half, that's when that half a point or uh, the the one point would really matter. And then kind of the same around seven and like around ten and fourteen, but we don't really get too many that are like. Although that high I'll tell you what, the with, with
2: the with the advent of the thir- thirty-five yard extra point, it's changed things and with a the lot. Conver- it's You're changed right. things a lot. You're more likely now to see you know um, games where the 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 final score is a differential of like five and And nine and And, and things that you never see before like different numbers and i'm curious how how, last year remember how there was i think like two games i believe either in one week or consecutive weeks that were like 25 to 15 i'm Mm -hmm. like i've never seen that score in in nfl that's college sure if it was possible yeah Yeah, even it's like what
1: like how does it even add up to that really yeah. strange you know so it's nice because there's like with covers and i think odds sh- there's a couple of sites out there that'll like give you um when you look at it they'll give you a spread of like five or six different sites and what the lines are at each of those sites so you can kind of look at it and see okay which is which would be beneficial for me and maybe if you don't have and maybe you sign up if you're someone who plays a lot you know you sign up at a couple different places and you look around because if you can catch something uh one day and get get yourself an extra couple points great but for the most part you're right the middle numbers at those points like how ha- if if that's going to be the thing that talks you off a team that's probably not a good a good reason to, to play that game anyway so um yeah, exactly. where, do you, where do
2: you start this weekend buddy and by the way you mentioned covers so i think it's worth pointing out uh you know anytime that you listen to us for the rest of this season now i'm personally i'm a scores dot odds.com type guy um they have the exact same thing that gino mentioned sure uh, where they uh you know have the lines from William Hill, Hilton, Caesars, MGM, etc. but we're going to for the purpose of this conversation we're going off of what we see today, Thursday. Yeah. Our show is every Thursday. So the Thursday point spreads on covers.com. That's a big deal because things move correct. a lot
1: on Sunday from Saturday correct. into Sunday and it, and I think that's the key is like what we see in the middle of the week are lines that definitely get to a point or two different and that's where you have to if you're someone who's like a recreational player, obviously it's a little different than if you're someone who's playing and and and, doing, and trying to make a living or making trying to really make some serious money. But always try to get the games as early as you can in the week because late you just you're going to get on
2: the bad side of spreads. Like it late, actually it actually impacted me last week. So yep. on one of the the point spread Denver, plays right? that I gave out was was Denver. So yep. on Thursday that's a winner. Two so and I gave it out it was two and a half points. Yep. On Sunday, I thought to myself, you know what? I didn't really tweet out mm-hmm. our picks. And so when I tweeted them the out, two, the, sp- the two sp- spread, spread, which it was two different. and a half. And yeah, and, uh, and so it ended up being a push instead of a winner. And, uh, and I think on uh, one or two of yours as well, the 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 lines, I believe, were like nine on the Jacksonville game on Thursday, like seven and, it, and a half on Sunday. So it's frustrating do you know because it makes you know, you know, know just that you were on the right rolling.
1: side of that game. You know what I mean? You're like. <clears throat> Damn, you knew that you you knew that that line was right when we were looking at it. So that's what was frustrating when it moves like that. So yeah, we'll try to mention that these are the lines that we like
2: like the games at. So, uh, Correct. how many plays for you this weekend, buddy? To me, just one. Okay. Just one, and it's gonna be the Atlanta Falcons because we've spent a lot of time talking about them and researching them, and and I actually like this game quite a bit. I think this is an opportunity. Like I said at the top of the show, this is an opportunity for them to really assert themselves. You know the Indianapolis Colts aren't a bad team as a whole, um, but I think this is a winnable game. And let's face it, if the Falcons want to win this division, they're going to have to win games like this. And I think they have an opportunity to be able to build like a two-game lead on the Saints. And the Panthers are already 0-2, so this is Atlanta's opportunity. I honestly feel that if they can get to you know maybe a a four and one start, a five and two start. You know, until Breeze gets back and, and Newton gets healthy, I may change my pick to have the Falcons be the division winner. That's the dire situation that the division is in right now. So that's just one play for me. Atlanta Falcons, that point spread, depending on where you're looking, you're going to see a point uh, plus one, plus one and a half. You know, um, I think either way, I'm looking at them on the win end. Um, but uh, the official line, what is it? You know, uh, plus one. Yeah, I, I think plus one and a half is is fine, and because you, you you'll you'll you're
1: looking for the, the better on Atlanta, so plus one and a half for Mike. And the I think you'll like this one, week okay. three, home favorites who played their first two games on the road. So that okay. was the Colts, six twenty two and two against the spread. Wow! In week three, that's the Bills, the 49ers, Kansas City, and Indy. So what that tells us is those teams who people think oh you know they had a couple tough games on the road they're going to come home their line is inflated by a couple points and they don't cover so um that that's uh that's very a very interesting point spread glad you mentioned that um so where so, are you at okay let's go i'm gonna go quickly i'm gonna go with sick i was like looking this week and i'm like i'm not gonna play many and then i just started liking all these games so uh cincinnati plus the six that's just too much they're at, at buffalo um you know, Buffalo doesn't even score a whole lot. I, I think that should be like maybe Buffalo four, four and a half. That just feels too much. Uh, Cincinnati plus six. They're five and zero oh against the spread in their last five games as a road underdog. We're gonna go the Giants plus the six and a half. Tampa shouldn't be six and a half point favorite over anyone. Uh, even the Giant, the Giants are bad, but that's that's like another one where it's just they shouldn't. It's too many points there. Um, and then the two quarterbacks, where the the two quarterbacks that I think have good backup situations, I'm gonna play Pittsburgh plus six and a half at San Fran. I think the 49ers are good, but that's a that's a game again. It, I don't know how bad Bridgewater is. I think he's a very capable backup. They're going to have a week to have Bridgewater practice under center. He's going to have the opportunity to get all the reps and get with the first team. I like Pittsburgh there plus six and a half. Uh, Pittsburgh plus six and a half. And then I like New Orleans plus four. with uh, So Rudolph and Bridgewater in those two games. Cleveland plus three. At home against the Rams. Talked a little earlier how I just think the Rams haven't been that great. Cleveland is at home. That's going to be a big game for them next weekend. And then Washington plus four at home also. Same thing, you know, the Bears. I could see that being Bears two, two and a half. I think Washington can keep that to a field goal game at home. So, Cincy plus six. Giants plus six and a half. Pitts plus six and a half. New Orleans plus four. Cleveland plus three. Washington plus four.
2: Really quickly, because we only have about a minute and a half left here. Two quick thoughts on games or teams that you just mentioned. You'd mentioned the uh, New York Giants. Uh, did you agree with the quarterback switch?
1: Yes, 100%. And that's why I think it's, it, it maybe picks him up a little bit.
2: And because we don't know the variable of
1: Jones. Maybe he's very good. And then maybe this line should have only been, you no, know, three, three and a half. We, we don't know. Eli has been the reason why they looked so bad. Last week, he was miserable. 19 incomplete passes, deflections all over the place. I think he's one of the second...
2: Uh, second or third worst graded
1: quarterback through two weeks by pro football
2: focus. I'll tell you what, based on the scouting reports that I had, uh, college scouting reports, uh, Giants might be in for kind of a wild ride because their uh, their QB is wildly inconsistent. Yes, yes. Uh, so it, and that's his, why it's such a, throws such a variable. Be like really, he could have some really good throws, and he could have some other ones where you're like, Wow, what what is he doing? Where is he throwing it? Or, or was there miscommunication or or, or whatnot? Uh, the next question, really quickly, is Pittsburgh at San Francisco. If they go zero and three, they're done, right? Yep, yep. I think they have to. So play the ball. season's I think on the line. Keep
1: it close. And I liked what I saw from Rudolph. And and you know what? Ben did not look good through a game and a half, anyways. I think no. Rudolph is going to be just as good as he was through that first game and a half.
2: There you have it, folks. Thank you for listening. Big thanks to Jason Butt from The Athletic Atlanta for joining us to talk at Falcons football. We'll be back with you same time, same place next week. Enjoy your sports weekend, everyone. Thanks for listening.